Hey everybody, Sean Sewell with Engearment.com podcast. Very excited to have the Iron Tamer himself, Dave Whitley, on our show. Dave is a, a fascinating person. He's a strong man, not just in the physical sense, but in the mental sense as well. So I figured he'd be a perfect guest to have on the show to talk about becoming our best selves, our superhuman selves during these uh, challenging times that can operate in, uh, for growth and uh, support each other in this whole part. So Dave, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome, sir. Well, um, can we talk a little bit about you and your path? It's a very entertaining path um, coming out of your book, Superhuman You. Um, I like the language you use in that. What got you interested in becoming a, a strong man? Um, if we go back to the beginning, when I was a kid, I was overweight and I had a terrible, terrible stutter. And so when I would get called on to answer questions in class, I would start stuttering. Other kids would make fun of me. I was getting picked on. I was getting bullied, that kind of stuff. And because of that, and because of also having like an extroverted personality, I sort of um, retreated into the world of science fiction and fantasy and comic books as a little kid. And as a result of that, strongly identified with the Hulk because he was big, he was invincible, he was indestructible, and his entire thing was that he was fueled by being angry. And so I was, I know I was a bit of an angry kid. It, it didn't wind up being anything terrible for me as far as being disruptive or, or anything like that. But, you know, I was, I was a little bit irritated by all that stuff. And so wanted to be the Hulk and um, just was really enamored of, of superhuman powers in general, but specifically superhuman strength. And when I was, I guess I was probably eight years old or so, I saw Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk on television for the first time. And that flipped a switch for me that, that it wasn't just a comic book um, cartoon kind of thing, because I knew in my little child's mind that, that that was a guy painted up wearing makeup. It wasn't a costume of any sort. That was who, who he really was and what he really looked like. And so, um, Somewhere in, in there, it became possible in my mind for a person, a regular person, to be big and strong like the Hulk. And so not too long after that, I started lifting weights. And, you know, fast forward a few decades, I got involved in the kettlebell world in the early 2000s. And I had lifted weights on and off um, throughout my entire life. I played football in high school. Um that kind of stuff. Went on the road as a musician for a while. I was a professional wrestler for a while. So there was wow. some physicality and performance and connecting with people as a result of all that. And then in 2004, I think it was, I met Bud Jeffries. And in about 2006, I was doing a project that um, this predated podcasts. I was interviewing people and then burning CDs and mailing physical CDs out to people as like a, a monthly subscription thing. And I interviewed Bud Jeffries, um, who is one of the strongest, most amazing humans on the planet. And I always asked the guests, do you know anybody that I should interview for this thing? And he turned me on to Dennis Rogers. Oh, nice. and uh, got in touch with Dennis Rogers, the Grandmaster Strongman. If anyone isn't familiar with who Dennis is, he's, I think he's 63 now, but he is the guy who is pretty well single-handedly responsible for bringing the performing strongman art out of the old days and into the modern era and out of the sideshow era as just kind of like, oh, this cute thing that happens over there and onto the main stage, both as a performer and also as using that as a vehicle to share a message. 
So um, Dennis sent me, I'm going to interview Dennis for the, for the um, CD product. And he sent me some, some DVDs of various different things, him on stage performing, him teaching how to do some of the feats. One of the very first things I saw him do was he took a, an eight inch adjustable wrench and bend it into a U shape. And that didn't, I knew strong people and that, that was, that was still hard for me to compute. Yeah. Something that this guy was doing in particular because he he's a small guy. He's about five, eight and weighs about 165, 170 pounds. So he's not like, you know, Brian Shaw or somebody that you would expect to see doing stuff like that. And he says to me, if you ever want to learn how to do any of this stuff, just let me know. And that was 2008. <laughs> And um, fast forward to this past January, he effectively retired from all things strongman related and appointed me as the president of Old Time Strongman University, which is to carry on that, that tradition. We teach feats of strength. Um, we teach how to construct an interesting show, showmanship. We teach how to um, construct a message and use the feats to support that message. If that's the path you want to go, if you just want to do it for pure entertainment and don't care about sharing a message, we can, we can cover you on that too. And so there's information about that at oldtimestrongmanuniversity.com if you want to know about that. But um, I've been fascinated with superhuman power, specifically superhuman strength, literally for as long as I can remember. That's awesome. Well, that's a great resource too. I'll send some people that way too, if they want to learn how to do this. Um, it's, it's so mind boggling. Like you mentioned, bending the wrench, I've watched you hammer in hammer or nails with your bare hands. I watched you blow up like, you know, water bottle, like the mm -hmm. ones you would heat up to for recovery. It, it blows my mind. I don't even know. Like, and I, I operate in the kettlebell world very well as well, you know, but that, that's a different kind of strength than what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So how much of it is training and how much of it is something else, something deeper? It's all training, but it's all deeper. And I'll explain like that. what that means. I'll explain what that means. Um, if, if you don't want to do something, you will never believe that you're going to be able to do something. And if you don't believe that you'll be able to do it, you will never, ever actually be able to do it because you won't be compelled to take the necessary action to do it. Um, so, there's a huge, huge component of physical preparation for doing feats. There is a huge component of technical execution in doing feats of strength. And there's also a huge, huge mental component in being able to do feats of strength. Now, the, the physical preparation, um, we talk about strength and conditioning in mm -hmm. For years, the way that I thought about that was strength had to do with um, exerting force or resisting force, right? And conditioning had to do with endurance and being metabolically prepared for whatever event. Through doing feats of strength, I came to realize that conditioning also carries with it the component of the tissues of the body must be ready to be able to execute whatever the activity is Otherwise, you're going to damage the body. For example, we're talking about kettlebell stuff. Um, I've taught at many, many workshops and certifications, and almost without exception, people come in and they will tear calluses in their hands. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's just a tiny little bit that's no big deal, and sometimes the hand gets shredded and they're like 
literally injured to the point that they cannot continue safely. And, and we don't think about ripping skin off of our hand as an injury, but it is. Yeah. And it's not, it's an unnecessary injury. So the way to circumvent that would be to put in the time and the intelligence in the preparation that you get the skin of your hands prepared to handle the volume of workload that you're going to be going through at any given time. With feats of strength, the bones, the ligaments, and the tendons share equal, if not more, um, importance as developing the muscles or developing the, the ability to, um, the, the metabolic ability, the, the, what we would normally think of as conditioning, because all of those things make up the framework. The muscles are just the engine that are exerting the force. You know, if, if we try to hook a, a, a semi-trailer to the back of a, of a raggedy old pickup truck with a busted trailer hitch, the trailer hitch or the bumper is going to be the thing that gives out first, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And if we put a really strong bumper and hitch on it, then the motor might be the next thing that gives out, right? So we have to make sure that all of those components are taken care of. The, the conditioning of the tissues, um, another example would be, you know, bending steel. Mm -hmm. You initially get very painful bruises um, in the hands or like bending across the leg. I've had like bruises that look like I've been hit with baseball bats before. But over, <laughs> over time, through intelligent practice, your body becomes conditioned to that. The, um, the technical execution is a, a little bit more individualized. I, when I'm working with people, I will look at um, what their um, anatomical advantages and disadvantages are, and we will build technique based around that, which comes from the idea that um, I've asked this many, many times at workshops and certifications and stuff. If you're involved as a fitness professional or like as a, a really serious fitness enthusiast or lifting enthusiast, whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it, can we agree that technique or form, which are pretty well interchangeable terms, is vitally important. And I'll raise yes. your hand if you agree with this. And everyone <laughs> raises their hand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Part two of that question. Raise your hand if you have a clear, concise, repeatable definition of what good technique is, regardless of the activity. And the room goes dead because no one thinks about it in those terms. They just don't think about it. And it took, and that's the kind of stuff that I'll sit and think about. And it took a lot of, of examination and asking people smarter than me to arrive at the definition that I have now. And my definition for good form or good technique, regardless of the exercise or the activity that's, that we're talking about, is simple. It is physiologically appropriate for the individual who's, who's doing it, mm -hmm. and it moves them in the direction of their goal. Perfect. And I, I always know that, that I've hit on something that is kind of in the universal truth mode when I say it to somebody and they go, Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Because well, it's it so obvious. And, yeah. and it is obvious, but it wasn't obvious until someone pointed it out. Right. Yeah. And, and I didn't just come up with that. That had to do with me talking to a bunch of different people. Um, I got a really good definition from uh, Kurt Kowarski who said that good form was, um, biomechanically correct for the individual and aesthetically pleasing to the viewer. And, and, and I carried that for a long time. And then I realized I had a client in the gym who had some physical issues that her technique was never going to be aesthetically pleasing to the viewer. Mm -hmm. But if we worked within whatever her anatomical environment was, 
we could move her in the direction of her goal. And it would never be beautiful, but she could get it done. And so mm-hmm. I broadened my definition um, from what I learned from Kirk. So there's that stuff. And then the final thing you ask about, uh, or when you ask if there's more to it, is the mental aspect of yeah. it. And that is really the most important thing. And that was the thing that got me looking outside of just doing feats of strength as a thing and looking at what are the common principles between any of these physical things that I'm doing and anything else. Because we live in a world and a society and a culture where it is um, almost like a recreational pastime to argue over the differences of things, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, uh, there's something tribal about, no, my side is correct and your side <laughs> is wrong. And, and okay, that's, that's fine. I understand that people are like that, but if to use a martial arts analogy, Poking someone in the eye exists in every single combative martial art that has ever existed. Why? Because it freaking works, right? It's a valid technique if you're in a fight with someone, no matter what the circumstances, unless you're doing a sport thing, right? If you're doing a sport thing, then it's against the rules. But, you know, we're not talking about that. So if we can look for what are the common patterns between things that may or may not even seem to have any similarities, therein lies clues to the truth in my experience and in my opinion. And so when I was learning to do feats of strength, um, Dennis Rogers very early told me, you have to remove all doubt and limitation from your mind because your mind controls your body. And that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a cool sound bite mm-hmm. right up until you get to the point that your mind's saying, you know what, if you keep going, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Or if you keep going, or like, maybe you should just stop because this, this isn't especially enjoyable. Those are two completely different things, right? And so learning how to, to understand the difference between stop because I'm not having a good time and stop because something's about to break was vital for me in learning how to do feats of strength. So I started looking at, at, at just little sound bites like that. Slim the Hammerman, who was Dennis's mentor, told me that it's not that you don't have the power, you have the power in you. The question is, can you bring it out? Mm-hmm. And then his mentor, the Mighty Adam, which I made sure to pull this book up because oh, there this, is. Book. this book is amazing. Nice. Um, in there, he says, never inhibit yourself with the seemingly impossible. If you place no limit upon yourself, then you'll have none. And if you think that you're strong, then you are. And one day it clicked for me that I could pull the word strength or think, pull the word strong from that quote and plug in any other word and it still worked. If you think that you're weak, then you are. If you Mm -hmm. think that you're good or bad or smart or stupid or or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. you can plug that in there. And so as I was ruminating over all that stuff and working to build a business of my own, um, I started studying various other stuff from back in the old days, like Think and Grow Rich. Oh, classic. That's a great one. And and things that fit into that sort of entrepreneurial, metaphysical Mm -hmm. um, arena. And the quote from Napoleon Hill was, whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. And it just just hit me so hard that, that they're all saying the same thing. And the thing that they're saying is that whatever we think about is what we become. Yeah. Or the way that I like to say it uh, now is your imagination creates your reality. Wherever your mind is dwelling is whatever we wind up creating in our reality. And so that was the genesis of writing the book, Superhuman You. That is the 
the underlying theme of all of the corporate and college and school talks that I give when I'm doing feats of strength as a means to deliver a message. That is the at the core of the new coaching program that I'm um, literally have just launched in the past week. I'm still beta testing stuff and figuring out how to do internet related things to build membership areas and stuff like that. Fun, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, learning curve on that is is um, steep. It's, you know, but I'm, I'm elbow deep in it and waiting through the woods right now. So, um, that's a very long drawn out way to say, yes, it's all the same thing because we have to have all those parts in place, just like you have to have all the parts in place of an automobile and able to, in order to be able to drive down the road. If you pull out a spark plug or take off a wheel or disconnect the steering wheel, the whole thing becomes inoperable. Mm -hmm. So all these pieces are important. And I think that because of the thing that that I referenced earlier about how we tend to look at differences, people tend to look for like, okay, what's the one thing that's most important? And there's not one. (laughs) There's there's not one tiny element that is always the most important thing in any given situation. It's the combination of all those things and that harmony and that interplay of how the operating system, the operant power and the execution or the the operator are all combining together to move in the same direction. If there's any conflict or any, anything that's falling apart in there, then the whole machine goes down. Mm -hmm. So the operant power, the operating system and the operator all have to be harmonious in the direction that they're going. Just like driving a car, right? If the, if something mechanical's off with the car, you're not going anywhere. If the operator isn't thinking about where they're going, they'll miss a turn. Or if the operate, you know, the, the operant power, the, the driver's mind drifts off and you run off a bridge, it still didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. So all of those things have to work harmoniously to move toward a particular objective, whatever that objective may be. And the interesting thing to me about this is we're already doing this. That was the fascinating thing when I started digging down on this is we are already using our imagination to create the world around us. We are already living in the product of our own thoughts. And, you know, several years ago, the movie, the secret came out and there were a lot of people who were like, Oh, law of attraction is, you know, just sit back and imagine it. It'll come to you. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, the word attraction actually contains the word action. And then there were the other people on the other end of like, Oh, that's all horseshit. None of it works. It's all just a bunch of flu flu stuff, you know, and, and that's not the truth either. Mm-hmm. Neither one of those things is the full spectrum of the truth. The, the truth is that it all works together and that it has been working together since the moment that we first realized that we were, you know, like, like little kids, my son is not even two years old yet, but he knows that he is, you know, and that, that inherent consciousness is the operant power and that's that's where it all comes from right and so that whatever we focus that on um i i'm gonna butcher the quote but it's from andrew carnegie essentially he said that any thought that's held in the mind that is emphasized and is either feared or revered will begin at once to um to actualize itself that's not exactly a quote that's paraphrasing but but that's true you know if if we and if you don't believe me on this, then just think about the, the time that you were sitting in your house by yourself at one o'clock in the morning with all the lights out watching something scary on TV. 
what were those strange noises you started hearing? You know, right. well, it was the cat going to the litter mm-hmm. box, but it freaked you out a little bit, even though you mm-hmm. had, you had heard that noise many times and never registered, you know, you had to stop and think about it. Was that, was that the guy coming out of the movie to kill me? Or was that the cat going to the litter box? You know, mm-hmm. so, um, the fact is we are doing this all the time. I, I was talking to someone once about affirmations, about, you know, writing out statements of intention and repeating them because the repetition is the, the beginning of all learning. And the guy says to me, yeah, I, I, I've tried that affirmation thing. And I, I knew it wouldn't work because I'm just not an affirmation guy. But I, I gave it a shot and I wrote the affirmations that I did it and it just didn't work. And I said, well, that's fascinating because – what you just said is an affirmation. Yeah. You decided ahead of time it wasn't going to work and you told yourself that it wasn't going to work and it didn't work. And that gave me an insight into the, the, the fact that our beliefs are always going to override our desires. Mm-hmm. We see that all the time with fitness related things. You know, people come in and they want to lose 20 pounds, but their self image is this overweight, weak person who doesn't like this aspect of themselves or whatever, no matter how much work they put in, even if they get there, they still almost always revert back if there's no change in, uh, because there's no change in self-image. Yes. And, And if I believe a thing, no matter what I want, what I believe is going to um, override that in my own mind and in my own um, endeavors to accomplish something. Wow. That's really well said. There's so many nuggets in there, Dave, like so many golden nuggets. I love it. Uh, There's one I was going to add to it. Uh, I think it's from um, Tim Robbins. Uh, If you live in your head, you're dead, right? If you have bad thought process and you just live in there and ruminate, then you're stuck. But to to your positive point, um, and I'm, I'm direct, like I'm here because of this. I get up in the morning and I'm almost tearful because I'm so grateful for the things I get to go create and get to go do, get to talk to you. I talked to Dan John two days ago. I get to go help people with their health and their fitness mm-hmm. and write music and climb mountains. That's because I want to do that. And I put my action towards that. And you, you find people smarter than you and better than you then surround yourself with them and you mm-hmm. just keep growing. But I do watch a lot of people, especially right now, watching a lot of media, which I don't like media, I like to create media, positive media, but like watching news or, or getting in their head or, you know, surround their, their environment with negativity. And I I grew up in a household of morbidly obese, um, disabled and all kinds of things that I know how life can be, but I know Mm -hmm. you can also change a lot of things too. So it's beautiful to hear you say it in those words from some really great people that inspired you. And now you're carrying on the inspirational messages that you're sharing with the world. It's just good stuff. I love it. It's good stuff. I appreciate that. I do Thanks too, man. It's, uh, it's something we need to hear a lot more of these days. I mean, especially right now, you turn on the news and it's just like doom and gloom. And you're like, but there's oh, more. To, yeah, there's way more to, the, to life than that. You know, there's, there's birds singing oh. right now. It's beautiful outside. So a lot cool. more to it. And, well, and um, you, you mentioned uh, the book Superhuman You earlier. I want to make sure that I, that I throw this in here so that yeah. I don't forget. And to be like, dang it, I should have said that. Um, <laughs> anybody wants a copy of that book, I actually give it away for free at mm-hmm. superhumanubook.com. All I ask is that people cover the shipping costs. Um, so go to superhumanubook.com and I'll send you a copy of it. And it's a great book. And you were so kind to uh, autograph mine too, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very good book. It's, uh, it's a lot, yeah, it's well-written. It's got some inspiring people in there. And uh, I had never thought about like leverage and like how hard that is with the hammers and like, I, that's mind boggling stuff. So it's cool to, yeah. to, to see that. Well, is there anything um, you would recommend for a, let's say a fitness professional in this current time? I know a lot of uh, people we know have gyms. 
Um, and they had to close the doors about a month ago. I had three that closed the door in one day. But um, I know a lot of them are kind of struggling. Um, but also, I think the big takeaway is that the clients, the students, the customers need that service. So there are ways, like you mentioned, through the internet, through Zoom, through FaceTime, whatever it is, you can serve these people. You can create content. You can create online courses like you're doing. You have private Facebook groups. So there's, there's a lot to, to grow from and serve people in this time. So mm-hmm. is there anything like top of mind comes to your mind that you'd recommend for people to pivot? A couple things. Couple things. The first thing you said, um, or, or the first thing I noticed that you said something about people are struggling with something. Stop struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime anyone is struggling with anything, that means that they are still holding on to it. You cannot struggle with something without holding on to it. That's a good right? point. Yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk, you know, in the most obvious sense, if I'm bending a piece of steel and I'm struggling with it, yeah, I have to hold on to it. Um, in order to not struggle with it, I have to either let it go. Well, I have to let it go because I might finish the bend, right? Mm-hmm. Or if we're talking from a grappling wrestling standpoint, the only way to engage in the struggle is to hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a, from a mental or emotional standpoint on that, I, through the years of being in fitness related things, have heard people say, I am constantly struggling with and they fill in the blank with something like that like the the most like the one that left me the most dumbfounded was I struggle with drinking enough water and I'm like there's no struggle there it's I mean (laughs) put the water in a cup and you drink it you don't struggle with the act of drinking water you struggle with something in your self-image that is a conflicting belief with that. And so, so your again, your desire is to drink more water, your belief, who knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you, you believe that you don't like to drink water because when you were a kid, you didn't drink water. You drank, you know, the Hawaiian punch or whatever. You've got something caught up in there. And until that belief's addressed, you will continue your struggle. And when that belief is addressed and corrected and you realize, you may not even realize that you have that belief. You know, once it's once you shine the light on it, then you can change it pretty easily through repetition and figuring out whether the belief actually serves you. Um, But until that happens, you will continue to struggle because you're still holding on to that belief. If you as a fitness professional are holding on to the belief that you must be in front of your clients in order to adequately serve them, you will continue to struggle under the circumstances that we're in right now, because that ain't happening. For, right. for the vast majority of us. And mm-hmm. so um, the only struggle then is, is internal. You are hanging on to this belief of things have to be the way they were six weeks ago, mm-hmm. rather than letting go of that being the only way and looking, what are the opportunities? Um, as many problems as we have as a result of, of what's going on in the world right now, there are an equal number of opportunities there because if you have a problem, Sean, mm-hmm. and I can see what that problem is and I can devise a way to solve that problem, then the problem goes away for you and the problem of me not having a source of income, if I can sell that particular solution to you, also goes away. And it goes away in such a way that we are both left better off than we were before the, we even knew that the problem existed. And that's what Wallace Waddles in uh, Science of Getting Rich refers to as the impression of increase. 
so for and that's the second part of what I was going to say. If um, if you can, as a professional in any field, look at your customers, your clients, whoever it is that you serve, and what you've been doing no longer is a viable option to serve them. Find out from them what it is that they need from you, not yeah. what they want, what they need. Listen to them, hear what they want and deliver what they need in such a way that they believe that it was what they wanted the whole time. That's beautiful. So in doing that, I have given you more value in use or in information or in service than you are giving me in dollars and cents. But I value the dollars and cents more than you value the 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 service or the knowledge or whatever. And so it becomes this upward spiral where everyone is benefiting. Any business that is based in, in that philosophical tenant is going to do okay or thrive. Mm -hmm. Any business that is not rooted in that will, no matter how well they do in the short term, will not last because you cannot sow without reaping. No, you cannot reap without sowing. I mix that up. And so by sowing that impression of increase, um, I will reap not only what I sow, but I will reap more than I sow. So if you, if you think about that from, again, from like biological standpoint, if you take a single seed, a kernel of corn, right? Mm -hmm. And you plant it and a corn stalk grows up, does it produce one kernel of corn? Oh. No, it produces hundreds, right? Yeah. So not only do we sow what we reap or reap what we sow, I can yeah. mix it up. Not only do we reap what we sow, we always reap more than we sow. And that applies to negativity as well as it does positivity because yeah. negative and positive are just labels that we attach to things based on whether or not we like them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, this coronavirus thing for us as humans is a pretty negative thing. But for the virus itself, the virus is like, this is cool. We're taking over the world, yeah, we're right? We're mutating, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, and, and I don't support that at all, but, but whether something is positive or negative is all, all comes down to the individual perspective on it, right? Mm -hmm. um, with that in mind, anything that we do is going to, abide by the same laws of the universe if you if you will you know if you don't mind calling it that and the law of sowing and reaping is something that happens regardless so that's why if you go look at any of my social media the only references that i've made to anything to do with quarantine or social media or a uh, uh, coronavirus or anything mm -hmm. like that have been words of encouragement or asking people how they're doing right or things that are completely unrelated to, to the situation. I'm yeah. not going on and alerting people to, you know, today's news report said, this is the new thing we need to yeah. be afraid of. And see, I, I'm of the opinion, and I got nothing but my own opinion to back this up. I'm of the opinion that we tend to dwell on these negative things because there's something in our nervous system or in our spiritual DNA that goes back to the days that we ran around with in, in the woods with a stick with a rock tied on the, to the end of it to try to get some food. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we're out with the tribe, because we're social tribal beings, if we're out with the tribe, 
and I go over by the river to look for something to eat, and I run across a bear, a saber-toothed tiger, it's imperative to me to get back and warn the rest of the tribe so that the, the young, the old, the infirmed, whatever, can, can be aware of the danger, right? Mm -hmm. And now we live in a world where rather than having to run back and tell everybody there's, you know, the, the 15 or 20 people in the tribe, that there's a saber-toothed tiger on there, with the click of a mouse, I can tell hundreds of thousands of people that something horrible is coming, mm -hmm. that it's already here and there's nothing we can do about it. And we can get bombarded with that literally every second of the day. And so by planting those, a single seed of that, it will produce more than that one seed had with it, good or bad. So um, I have taken it upon myself to make sure that um, all of the social media stuff that I do, all of the information that I'm consuming on the day-to-day is either of a positive nature for me, of a positive nature for someone else, or just from a precautionary information standpoint, right? Okay, you want me to leave the house? Got it. That's all I need to know right now. Because right. if I don't leave the house, I don't need to know how to act while I'm out there, right? Yeah, smart. So um, I think that that goes back to our to our tribal nature. But I think that that the the hormonal signature that goes along with that is so incredibly powerful. I think it's second only to sex. Mm -hmm. Like that, that biological drive to go warn the others because it's, and, and really it's all rooted in the same thing. Sex and, and fear are all rooted in propagating the species. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I, I have to go warn the others that this is happening, but then it turns into this just sort of, recreational dismalness where all we're doing is, is sitting around complaining and thinking about how bad things are. And then to go back to what we were talking about earlier, we tend to produce that in our life. If that's, if that's what we focus on, we tend to bring it about. And so I just avoid that stuff and replace it with um, things that are of a nature that serves me. I love it, Dave. And you do a good Thank job you. of that. That's really cool. Well said. To relate to that, as a media company, um, we have the, the potential to to serve our audience, you know. And so we we interview people like you. We we write articles to help people get outside and all those great things. And as a fitness business, I like making content that's so fully inspiring that gets people outside with their dogs, with their kids, and you know, we, we can create those positive contents that influences people in a positive way. And you know, hopefully that it balances out the amount of negativity that's out there. And hopefully they utilize the stuff that you're putting out there and people like you and just see that there is good and you don't have to stick on this negativity. Uh, you can accept it. Sure. I mean, like I've been through death with my whole family and I, I can't change it, but I can accept it and I don't have to dwell on it. You know, it is what it is. And I use it as like superpower, right? I'm like I have more empathy. I'm more curious about things and, you know, learn how to adapt my businesses during those times and, and thrive. And so I think it's all about like what we can do to empower others and inspire them and, um, and have fun in life. Enjoy it. So, and all this is going to pass too. It's, it's oh, for sure. Be, it always does. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I, I was reading some Napoleon Hill stuff the other day and some of what he wrote was written around and immediately after the great depression. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was, taught in school as a kid and, and sort of raised with the, the notion that 
everything fell apart and everyone went broke and everything was dismal and horrible and bad during the Great Depression. But there were people that, that planted seeds that grew into empires during that period of time, you know? Yeah. I have, I have um, colleagues and acquaintances who are, full, uh, who are and have been full-time online entrepreneurs who are doing better now than they were six months ago. It's, it's true. Because the information that they are providing is more valuable to people now. Mm-hmm. Now there, there are a whole lot of people who get up every morning and go to a job that they don't want to go to that haven't had time to sit and think about what they could do otherwise. Or if they have thought about it, they haven't had the opportunity to take action on it, who have suddenly been you know, sequestered and they're stuck at home and they can telecommute. And they're realizing that, you know, it only takes me about three hours a day to get done everything I need to do to do this job that I hate. Yeah. And so I've got the rest of this time that I can do fun stuff with my family or explore other options for personal growth and, mm-hmm. and start planting seeds. And the people who are doing that, who are latching onto that, rather than sit around and watch press conferences and talk about how terrible the economy is and, and how terrible the election is on both sides. Mm-hmm you know, coming up because I, I'm, I'm not, I never get into political stuff, but, um, what we're going to wind up with to me looks like picking up a turd by the clean end. I just <laughs> well said, just doesn't make sense, you know, so I'm, I, I'm just the, the entire thing Jesse Ventura said it best. I think that, um, politics and pro wrestling are the same in that out in front of everybody, they're trying to kill each other behind closed doors. They're all working for the same purpose. So, um, well stated. That's yeah, hilarious. so that's Jesse, not me. But um, I forgot where I was going. I just tangented myself. Oh, so I love your tangents. They're great. Um, what was the tangent? Um, oh, about times of um, despair and darkness. There's also sure. growth. Sure. Tons of growth, yeah, there, right? There, there are people who are utilizing this time as the wake-up call that they were hoping for. Even though the circumstances aren't what they hope for, the wake-up call is the thing that they have been needing that is going to put them in a position to completely change their lives and the lives of their family tree from this point on, from a from a health and fitness standpoint, from um, a relationship standpoint, and also from a business and income standpoint. There are people who are laying groundwork right now Mm -hmm. to to build empires in the, in the coming years. And I salute that. And I hope to be one of them as I'm doing what I'm doing. Oh, that's, that's so well stated. And I think you're right. The, the people I get to know, um, they built home gyms, like they're all, and I got to, sure. I get to train them out and now they're doing it with their wife or their kids. They're, they're, like you said, they're building that this opportunity to do this at home for themselves now and empowering mm-hmm. their way around them. And relationship wise, my wife and I are coexisting. The first week was kind of challenging, but that's always what it is. But now we're operating so well together. Um, she has her home office on the other side of this wall and uh, our relationship is as strong as it's ever been. Um, Fantastic. And, yeah. It's, it's all good stuff. Right. And, um, and I get to do this with people like you talk to fascinating people to see how they see the world and how they operate and how they inspire. So yeah, there's been a lot of good out of this for sure. Well, speaking of um, what things are you offering right now to, to teach people? Um, the initial thing that is out there, as I talked about earlier, if you want a free copy of the book, superhumanubook.com, I'll send it out to you straight away. Um, or as soon as I get to the post office, (laughs) I'm I'm going to the post office less now, um, but I'm still shipping out the orders. Um, if you do that, that also puts you on my email list. 
um, and you'll know more about other things that are coming up. I have started the coaching program beta version of it's um, an expansion of what's in the book, Superhuman You. Um, expansion and inclusion of some other stuff because I wrote that book four or five years ago. So I have continued to learn and um, understand the stuff that I was talking about then better. And in, in some cases have made some uh, improvements on some of the stuff that are in there or that it, some of the stuff that is in there and um, superhumanucoaching.com is the website to go to to find out what's coming up with that. I ran a live webinar a little over a week ago, I think about eight or nine days ago, um, at that site. And I will be running another one soon, probably early next week, that will um, go into more detail about what the actual coaching program is. And at the end of it, here's the offer of the coaching program. And if you want to join us, great. And if not, then that's fine too. I make sure that the webinar delivers um, enough good, useful information that it's worth the 30 or 45 minutes that you're on there with me. And hopefully you see enough value in what I'm talking about that you want to continue on. But it's, again, it's not for everybody. It is for people who are ready and willing to, challenge their own belief systems to see if those belief systems are serving them. And if they are ready to do that, then I can certainly help guide you down the path. And if you're not, no hard feelings. That's, that's just, that's okay with me. Um, other places, if you want to know more about stuff that I've got out there that is either low cost, cheap. Um, I haven't really talked about this particular one very much beyond just a few people here and there, but um, I wrote a book a few years ago about the bent press. And if you're involved in kettlebell or old school yeah. lifting stuff or old time strongman stuff, then you're probably familiar with the bent press and you may know about this book. The book's on Amazon. It's called Taming the Bent Press. And you can go pick that up on Amazon. I don't have anything, any like special giveaways or anything like that because it's a very, very niched thing. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I, I wrote, I wrote the book that I wish I would have had when I was figuring out how to do the lift in the first place. Um, That's cool. but I was thinking in terms of what can I, what can I offer to people that they will value? I recorded a um, video companion to that. It's about 75 minutes long. And so I stopped selling it and just put it out on the internet for free. If you go to taming the name an email address that puts you on my email list. The next page is that full video, 75 minutes long of me um, demonstrating the stuff from the book and, and talking about all that. So that's for free out there. I have a, at oldtimestrongmanuniversity.com, I have a, a probably 20 something minute bit long video that talks about the fundamental technique for ripping a deck of cards. And oh, how I cool. I should do that right now. Yes. This is going to blow everybody's mind. Wow. So I'll give you the fundamentals on how to do that. Also, um, if you go to how to rip a deck of cards.com, I've got a full course on that, but that's not free, but it's there. And I also talk on that video about um, some of the general principles of the physics involved in being able to do feats of strength and an intro on how to do short bending is in there too. And that's at oldtimestrongmanuniversity.com, completely free. Wow. And all these things, all these things will put you on my email list and I will bombard you with what I believe is useful information. And if you don't believe it's useful information, please unsubscribe. You have a lot of ways to serve people here, Dave. That's incredible. And thank, thank you for you. doing the, the card thing. I showed my wife last night 
Um, and then the license plate, it is mind blowing. And th- the fact that you can teach people how to do this, sure. super cool. Super cool. Well, I know you got to get going. Um, I feel like we've just scratched the surface. I don't think I even got to the questions from Instagram. <laughs> so if you're, if you're up for it, I'd love to do another one of these in the future. Absolutely. With you. Oh, I, Absolutely. I, would, I would appreciate that. Once we, once we uh, wrap up here, we'll email back and forth and get some dates. That sounds good. I know listeners will really appreciate that because we, we literally got like 5% into it. A lot to share, which is great. <laughs> well, Dave, I thank you so much. Well, you have a lot to share. It's, this is why you're in the show. Well, thank you for your time. I'm going to put all these resources for all listeners and readers um, in the show notes. It'll be up on YouTube this weekend. Um, and Dave, thank you for being you. Thank you for what you do. And thanks for thank being you. on the show. Um, if, if I may, before we go, I sent mm-hmm. this, I posted this in my, um, oh, Superhuman You Coaching group on Facebook is a private group. Uh, just go look for it. And um, I Started about a month ago. We're at about 650 people now. And so nice. uh, it's superhuman you coaching. Just look for that and, and um, I can put you in that group. But I, I posted something about this in that group, sent it out to my email list. I may have put it in some other social media places. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I want to leave everybody with this. It takes the same amount of mental and emotional energy to be afraid of something as it does to be excited and have faith in something. And, um, my son was building a stack of Legos the other day and my wife and I had been very, um, mindful of the way we interact with him and the language that we use and stuff like that. And we've both said to him before when he's building the the tower, when it falls, he'll look a little upset. We'll be like, it's okay. You can build it back. Well, a few days ago he was building one up and it was taller than his head and he was trying to put one up, up high and it fell over and he was visibly upset by it. And he turned and looked at me with this like hurt look on his face. And for some reason, rather than say the same thing again to him, I said, okay, what are you going to do, bud? And he looked for a moment and he just turned around and sat back down and started building it back up. And that brought a tear to my, it's bringing a tear to my eye right now yeah. because I know there are so many people, in various businesses, we're talking about fitness business, but that's, you know, this is, this is a widespread, wide reaching thing. There are so many people, myself included, who a few weeks ago, your Lego blocks started to fall and they may be all over the floor right now. And I get it because that's, that's, you know, there's some very real facts that are going on right now that, that, that have a certain amount of fear associated with them. And, you know, we can dwell in it or not, but I just want everyone to know that, if you built it once, you can build it again, and it won't be the same, but it'll probably be better. And you know. if, you, if you don't know this about anybody else in the world, I am rooting for you to build your Legos back up. So, so you've got at least one person who's rooting for you, and that's me. Ah, that's beautiful. That was a gift. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. That was incredible. Well, until next time, Dave, um, all the best to you. Keep being you. you. Um, Much love to you and your family. And thanks for jumping on the show. Ah!